Oh, hello everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of the Music and Mindset Matters podcast. I'm your host, Christy Russell, and it is such a pleasure to be joined by another very special guest today. We are uh, very happy to have Kate Chinnero over here with us today. She is a passionate and very experienced early childhood teacher. She's also a vocational trainer and assessor. She's an e-learning advisor, unit coordinator at Swinburne Online. And Kate and I actually completed our postgraduate early childhood teacher training together almost 13 years ago now um, in Monash, uh, at Monash in Frankston. And we've recently reconnected through our love of music, creative expression, and our really shared passion for empowering educators to embrace and share their own unique skill sets. Um, you know, often we think that um, when we work with children, we have to follow a certain way of programming and planning and interacting. And, you know, we forget that um, we have our own stories to tell and our own unique lived experiences are really important to share. And, and Kate really makes a point of, of, um, of making that a very important thing for educators to do um, in their work. So in this episode, we discuss, um, you know, we talk a lot about why play is not just for children. Obviously, that's the name of the episode. But we really talk about you know, why play is important for adult learners as well and how it helps us, you know, when we tune into our own inner child, how it helps us to connect more meaningfully with the children that we're working with. Um, you know, whether it be connecting through song, through live music, through oral storytelling. I mean, Kate, Kate's other passion, she has many, um, is puppet making and storytelling through, through, um, through puppets and oral storytelling. Um, and you'll find out more about that in the episode, but you can also follow her uh, YouTube channel, which I've popped the links down in the show notes as well. It's um, her, her channel is called Story Kate, and so is her website. Um, we also talk about using digital media or recorded music with intentionality rather than just putting on a YouTube clip and, you know, letting the kids go for it or, you know... Um, stopping a child from singing a pop song because it's you know it's not child appropriate I mean obviously you need to have child appropriate words in it but yeah she shares a really funny story throughout the episode so I think you'll get a lot out of that um yeah Kate actually I mean she's just got such a wealth of experience and and lived experience as well as you know formal training um she's actually got a background in social and political science as well and she makes sure that she, as well as tra um, training in the vocational education, she makes sure that she does relief work as an early childhood teacher, both in kindergarten, sessional kindergartens and in long daycare services because, you know, it's a very different, this is in Victoria, mind you, so it's a little bit different to other states like Tasmania. If you're listening overseas, it might look a bit different. Um, your early learning services all the different learning services that uh, that are provided for young children so really the the binding elements that we talk about is that making meaningful connections and and valuing and and being mindful about uh, searching out magical moments and making magical moments because that's really when 
when children learn as well as when adults learn you know when we're feeling safe when we're feeling in a trusted relationship our brain is in safe mode rather than alert mode and of course we're going to learn better and create more memories so look I know you're going to have a wonderful time listening to this one there's some great stories that Kate shares and there's some great discussions that we have so now's a a good time to go and get yourself a drink or pop on your runners or your airpods or whatever you need to do to get cozy and comfy and and in listening mode and um, we'll go straight into the music and and then we'll head to the interview with Kate Hello and welcome to the Music and Mindset Matters podcast. I'm your host, Christy Russell. I'm a music and mindset mentor and founder of Movers and Shakers Music. I'm also a trained early childhood teacher, piano teacher, musician, mum of two, wife and passionate Aussie entrepreneur. I'm on a mission to spread the magic and power of music and mindset to as many people as possible. Every day I tap into the power of music and mindset and every day I notice how much more focused, resilient and connected I am at work and at home. You could even say I am more in tune with myself and the world around me and I want that for you too. If you're passionate about early childhood education, curious about the relationship between music, mindfulness and the human brain, then this podcast is for you. Join me each week as I discuss all things to do with music, mindfulness, and why it matters so much to be advocating for this in early childhood. My goal is to inspire you with stories, research findings, and a whole heap of practical tips so that you can have the confidence and skills to embed music and mindset practices into your daily routines and your early learning programs. Because when we love music, we love learning, we love life. Let's tune in. Well, welcome, Kate, to the Music and Mindset Matters podcast. It's so lovely to have you here with us today. Hi, everyone. And um, for our viewers that aren't familiar with you, would you mind just having a little quick introduction of who you are, um, what you do in connection to music, education, things like that, just to give the viewers, uh, the viewers, I'm watching you, but you're, <laughs> you're listening to this, you're just listening to it. Yeah. Uh, no problem. So my name is Kate uh, Chinarova. So I am an early childhood teacher. And as I say on Instagram and TikTok, I'm an early childhood teacher with um, uh, armed with ukulele and a gift of randomness. (laughs) That's pretty much me. So I really like uh, to play music. So that's just a hobby. But um, I am a trainer and assessor in vocational education. So I'm teaching pre-service educators who are starting towards certificate three. So that's initial qualification for early childhood in Australia and diploma. I also teach bachelor students um, or even postgraduate students because I have masters of education and work for Swinburne online. So yeah, working across early childhood education, teachers training, but uh, also going sometimes to the centers to do relief teaching. Uh, and that's when I bring my ukulele and all the other musical instruments. If um, I'm having a shift, so I definitely will bring my best friend <laughs> with me. Yeah, so uh, and children always are quite responsive to that. Oh, I can imagine you must have so many, um, so many little tips and tricks that you bring along with you because what you've just said in that couple of sentences 
you know, your your work and your study and your training and, your you know, you've got so many hats that you wear, but it's all to do with education, um, whether that's you as the educator, the trainer, whether that's you as the relief teacher or the ed- early childhood teacher. And, you know, I, I love the way that you've got all those different elements so you've all you've got all those different viewpoints on education you've got you know you've got this wonderful idea to be able to firstly see what people are learning you know through training packages and then how they're implementing it in their services or how when they're going out to be teaching and then you get to come in with your ukulele and all your your puppets because I know oh yeah I'm a huge puppet Yeah, so you've got you've got some really good viewpoints from different you know from different perspectives. Just coming back to um, when you do go out yeah. uh, field with your ukulele, how do you find you know what kind of responses do you get from the children? Oh well, uh, first um, um, uh, I was actually experimenting, so I would just bring ukulele and uh, would be very shy myself. So I would have performance anxiety full on, and uh, that's uh, quite unusual, I would say for me. I'm very outgoing person, uh, extrovert. So and I'm teaching in class, so I was quite surprised. So I started to play with my students who were adults first. Uh, when I was a teacher myself every day, I would play different instruments, but I didn't play ukulele back then. So I would play piano. I had digital piano in the classroom and sometimes would play um, um, play digital piano as well. But, you know, I found that voice is the best uh, instrument. So I used a voice, um, uh, rhythmic exercises like dancing, uh, classical music. So all sorts of things uh, and instruments, of course, uh, that are non-tuned percussion instruments. I would experiment. We'll make our own instruments. But once I learned ukulele, I thought that's the amazing instrument that actually is portable. So if you play guitar, and a lot of educators do, which is great, it's quite a big instrument to bring in. So it's bulky. Yeah, while ukulele, especially your one, mine is a little bit more like a, a sister of a guitar, a smaller baby guitar. Just for the listeners, we're actually holding up our ukuleles right yeah. now. Yes, yeah, so I have, uh, yes, I, yes, I forgot that it's an audio recording. <laughs> So my baritone ukulele is a little bit bigger, but still very small. So it will fit in a small case. And uh, the real ukulele that is concert or soprano is super small. So you can put it on the shelf. And then uh, once you feel like, oh, that's the time for us to sing a song that is relevant, let's say, Alouette. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you want to do French immersion. And then you start playing Alouette, Chantilly, Alouette. And then... You finish and you put it away. No drama, easy. And it's part of your routine as well. And um, because it's quite a cheap instrument compared to all the other instruments, uh, you can find children versions as well and uh, set up play spaces. But as a teacher, you can bring your really, really good, even expensive instrument, but without risking it to be damaged Yeah, because it's so easy to put away. Yeah, so my first ukulele was quite expensive. It was, and this one is not cheap as well, but it was like $500 mango ukulele. It was very beautiful one. And I was a bit skeptical about bringing it to the center. 
Um, so I started slowly, yeah, playing with one or two children when um, I would ask them, would you like to sing? And they would be, yes. And the more I tried, um, the less anxiety I would have. And then I started to feel more confident probably after like a few years of trying and trialing. And once I went to visit my student in Betchen Center, not far from me, it's uh, quite a diverse environment. So then, you know, uh, we have uh, many language groups in Melbourne, in this suburb. And I just was sitting down watching my student and started to play songs that they might know just for myself. And I'm sure I played poorly. <laughs> not really well because <laughs> I was not so um, experienced as well so I just learned few the first few chords C F and G yeah so and I tell you what that's enough for the first 10 songs oh, yeah. so I started to play yeah, A B C D E F G and then suddenly they all like flies <laughs> or butterflies yeah. all join me in a circle without me saying anything i didn't ask anyone to sit down or you know ha have your hands on your head or everybody come to uh, sit down to the circle time no it was just spontaneous um power of music and i have pictures from this day and they were absolutely amazing i had this feeling that was new and invigorating as well. I felt that I need to teach my students that. I need to teach all sorts of ways to connect with children through music, to uh, take them out of their shell and to bring the instrument every time I go. So although I might come across as a strange assessor, <laughs> if I come let's say, to assess a student and bring my ukulele, I still will bring it because I think maybe during this two hours visit, there will be uh, 10 minutes uh, when I will sit down and sing. Mm. So, yeah, that's my experience. That's wonderful that you you recognise firstly that, you know, the importance of music, musical learning, sharing music with children with uh, other adults. Yeah. The importance of, um, you know, reflecting on your own anxiety because everybody's got performance anxiety when yes. they're doing something that they're not as comfortable as they might be you know with more practice but the fact that you just you know you realize that there was something wonderful happening there's that connection through heart you know music is yep. really universal language um and tell me now I know this but I want you to tell our listeners as well but you started bringing your ukulele and teaching um, the adult students that you were learning yeah. a little bit about music. Why did you do that? Uh, I, I decided that uh, we have uh, quite a limited curriculum in uh, vocational education and um, our sessions are quite boring. I don't know if listeners have experience going through vocational education, but it's uh, very similar to school, uh, yet um, I would say less entertaining. As <laughs> compared to school, so a lot of it's sessions like are... as, a as a teacher, though, okay? Yeah. Oh no, it's uh, just yeah. Well, it's usually just powerpoints. Yes. Yeah? So and they have units. So each unit is focusing on one uh, topic. Let's say legal and ethical framework, or EYLF or approved learning frameworks, and then health and safety, and then we go on and on and on. Um, some teachers go ahead and plan active learning, but I'll tell you, this industry is quite outdated. <laughs> so it's still a lot of book work, which is nothing wrong with, but it's just black and white. It's very linear. 
And I thought, how can I make it more fun? I could see that my students were bored. They mm. were falling asleep. Yeah, they were very um, no, disengaged at times. And I tried to make it as fun as early childhood context. Yeah, so I would uh, make my children's day as fun as possible, right? So, and this would take some time, effort. Sometimes I will be very tired and exhausted at the end of the day, but I will try to make magical moments happen. It could be a glowing in the dark experience or telling stories under the tent or bringing the musical instruments or making volcanoes, you know, like whatever it is, it should be some kind of magic in children's life. And I thought that to pass it on to my students, I need to uh, remind them that they are children themselves, you know, and they didn't really grow up. And I started to ask them to draw and paint because this is something that people love to do. Even if they say, I don't know how, they they love sensory experiences. So then I added more and more um, experiences that are considered to be creative. So we would go to shops, buy uh, some secondhand uh, items, and then I will invite them to use them creatively. Um, finally, I thought, why wouldn't I just add workshops? And that's how I developed the idea of um, we go through the session with the content that should be delivered through PowerPoints and activities and bookwork and questions and assessments, so very boring, dry content. And then we will go through um, this workshop. Yeah, so after lunch. And uh, I trialed it in uh, my well, first center where I worked, it was Brace, uh, not far from me, Frankston, and it was non-for-profit organization. And the class was small, 10 students, and they absolutely loved it. They felt so comfortable. They started to bring their own stuff. They started to bring their cultural items. So I noticed that this really brings them out of their shell as well and brings personalities. So instead of everyone sitting like, uh, you know, at their tables listening uh, passively, yes, yeah, so drawing and because they're bored they started to be very creative and engaged and even if they didn't stay in the industry I, I could see that that was a positive learning experience in general some people remember that they can actually play piano <laughs> it was one girl I see I hope she can listen to me as well she was from um um, South America and uh, she um, brought her guitar and she told me quietly that she actually sings in the church and she's a wonderful singer but she didn't she asked me not to tell anyone okay <laughs> so she was just shy and then I saw her at the last day of placement when I was assessing her sitting in front of the group of toddlers and she brought her big guitar and she was singing all these songs in a very advanced way, more advanced than me. And I was so happy. I just, yeah, I just saw that toddlers loved it. That was really a good moment. And um, the more we uh, try different things, the more um, response you will get from students. So some would respond better to puppets, mm -hmm. some to music, but I, I would just be doing music with every group. And uh, not just one session, I would do more Mm -hmm. like different approaches dancing uh singing making instruments uh let's learn about rhythm yes so today we're gonna uh approach this through um something unique and different we're gonna sing in a choir yes so different things <laughs> yeah try different approaches such a wonderful holistic way to educate and to guide people through the learning process and yes 
When you allow that to happen as an educator, whether you are educating grown-ups or, yeah. or middle school or whatever, yeah, can you allow that space when you hold space for all different types of learning styles, you suddenly open up the heart connections, you allow other people yeah. to express themselves, you allow growth, you allow a sense of community. It's so important to do that and you know, I'm hearing that, yes, you're using a lot of music. You're also using a lot of um, art, other artistic avenues, puppets, um, creative crafts, yep. things like that, you know, um, role, role play, things like that. And one thing that really also stands out is that you're using the childlike play. Now, it's different to being childish. Yep. It's not yes. being childish. It's being childlike. So embracing magical part of childhood embracing the fun embracing play because we know from even a neuroscience point of view when we're in that frame of mind when we're fun relaxed and we're feeling safe we are going to learn more we're going to connect more we're going to engage more we're going to form more memories and then when we need to retrieve those memories it'll be more accessible so I just I just you're so inspiring to listen to Kate when you when you do say that you know you of course you have to follow the content that you're you're needing to deliver that's fine yeah you're making it so much more meaningful and that in turn the domino effect of that is just you know um it's unbelievable because then those educators are then going to hold space for the children and their children's families to bring in all of these elements as well and I just you know I've spoken to you about this before I really worry that you know, our early childhood educators, teachers are in such an important role mm-hmm. in that birth to five space. But we're talking yeah. about whole society, you know, whole yeah. communities here. And I really worry sometimes that we're educating, you know, the powers that be, the people that choose these, you know, these these modules and these set courses. Yeah. We need to be advocating for more of that musicality more of musical learning more of the arts to come into it yeah not as an add-on but as a part as an integral part yeah like they want to integrate reflection right so you're absolutely right christy it's uh like what they did with uh this new package um because i work in this space i can tell you that our training package has been updated because there were lots of complaints from the managers that it's a tick and flick exercise and many students are unprepared for real work as certificate three educators. And they also noticed that a lot of bachelor qualified students don't have real exposure to long day care, but they have to work in long day care. And now more and more preschools are moving towards long day care hours. Mm. So if you have eight um, let's say even six hours. Let's take six hours for starters. I observed that during six hours, uh, children who I'm with for six hours already been in the center for quite some time. So by the time I arrive at nine, nine thirty, let's say as a kindergarten teacher, they already been there since six thirty. Yeah. So they are tired uh, throughout the day. They need moments of joy and relaxation and what else can offer them joy and relaxation mindfulness and music yeah Uh, you can think about all creative arts such as um painting quiet painting where you stand 
and you are using paints and you are using your creativity, imagination, and you are relaxing. Uh, I know we are not talking about painting, but because I don't have any artistic background, I don't know how to paint. I've seen children from disadvantaged, vulnerable backgrounds coming and using black paint over the uh, poster paper, covering it in multiple layers, and then asking for more and more and more. And then after five days, that makes me cry really to think about it. After five days of that, they will start using brown paint. And maybe in a week's time, they will start using two colors. Yeah. So this tells you everything about, you need to know what's happening inside this child who lost his mother for some reason. She cannot see him. There is a, obviously a turmoil that the child is going through and his skin is uh, covered in scabies and he's uh, malnourished and neglected, but he's got this soul and mind, yes, so that is singing from inside and wants to dance and paint. Yes, so I think this um, uh, these tools, they really allow us to um, not just support children who are absolutely naturally creative, but also give uh, this outlet to children who don't get it at home. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so this is therapeutic. So music is therapeutic. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, obviously I'm going to bring it always back to more musical things, but that doesn't mean to say that the artistic expression through through clay, through paint, through yes. craft, you know, all of that is just so important because we're, re we're engaging the whole body process, just like music, musical learning and engaging yep. music creates a whole brain process. Yep. So to do artistic forms of creative creative expression, you know, you're moving, your whole body is moving. You can't see me again. If you're listening, sorry, we, we're having quite a visual yeah. <laughs> conversation as well with Kate and I, but, you know, you're, you're using your whole body, you're using your arms, you're using your shoulders, you're using your core muscles when you're engaging in artistic, um, artistic expression. And, you know, I just, you've just nailed it on the head when you said that, Yes, the arts, music, arts, crafts, they can be used as intervention yep. therapeutically as well as just everyday moments of joy and magic and creative expression. It's so yep. if we don't value them first within ourselves, yep. we'll not be able to value them in the children we work with. We won't even recognise them. Yes. We recognize them in our community. We won't recognize, yeah. we won't make space for them. We won't hold space for them. So I think, you know, what you're doing, for example, and what I'm, what my mission is, is to try and get people to tune into their own musicality, their own expression first and foremost, and be comfortable with that, whatever it sounds like, whatever yeah. it looks like. Be comfortable with that first because then everything else will follow and you'll just naturally. Yes you'll naturally see it and observe it and respect it and value it in others. And, you know, I think you and I are on a similar mission to try and bring that into the people that are supporting our youngest generation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, I really like there are books that are uh, targeting this gap as well. So they are not really offering just music curriculum. What I really like, they are addressing the pain point that I also noticed. I cannot play, I cannot sing. Um, like, 
uh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I don't have any voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah uh, I don't have uh, any talent. So, yeah, no. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going to put it on I have iPad and uh, smart board and let yeah. them dance to Nancy um, yeah. or, or whoever is current and <laughs> modern. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like let's say they all like uh, warm but wobble at the moment, right? So, or um slippery fish and uh they put on um these big channels on youtube that are and making them richer as well but the truth is there is no intimacy in that so it's entertainment and that's why a lot of directors actually frown upon that and educational leaders because they see this is not meaningful experience while singing with children a song that they all know like we used to sing wonky donkey and i know it's not the best song because some parents so. might, for some communities they might not like it you know i noticed that that oh this is a song with um um a silly song right and it is a silly song but oh my god how amazingly creative oh. and the musician is true musician you know craig uh, i love this song and we would first put it on on cd because i couldn't sing like that i was trying and we would just play and uh, you know try to listen and understand how come that you speak so fast and children will just be like ah, wonky donkey and then they will be silly and you just uh, have fun and then eventually we learn the words and eventually we started to sing uh, slowly I was walking and then and then we started to speed up and this tells me everything you need to know about learning Songs are not one-off thing, right? So you need to learn them over a month or maybe two or three months. And the more they are exposed to different songs, the more they're also uh, preparing their uh, mind for speech. Yeah, so not just mind, but they're, um, yeah, they're pretty much ready for speaking. Uh, and I was listening to the podcast uh, on that recently that uh, I knew that music is parallel language was they say that pre-language yeah our first language yes. because if you think about Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and their um, a framework of um, learning tools yeah different uh, ways of learning as they call it eight ways of learning storytelling is one of the ways that is oral storytelling that i'm very very passionate to bring back to kinder as well because stop reading the books just try to tell stories right mm -hmm. you have lots of them already you are adult <laughs> you yeah. know a lot of things happen to you and children will love it because they love listening to you they have connection with you as an educator you are like their parent you know meaningful person and then if you sing that's much more meaningful right so if you share your favorite beatles song or whatever it is as long as it's child appropriate yeah and not gangnam style yeah <laughs> oh, why not? Look, my kids love gangnam style yeah, for a long time we had it on the ray on the um, on the drive to school on the drive yeah. from school <laughs> I know, yeah. It's like whenever I went to, because I go to kinders and uh, childcare centers a lot, uh, I see the fads as well, how like things change. So at some point it is a gummy bear, then it is a baby oh, shark, yeah. then it is game style, then it's ba uh, even baby. Remember Justin Bieber? <laughs> so it was oh, yeah. when I had my first placement as an early childhood teacher at Somerville here, uh, or um, Carroll Downs here, I don't remember. It was 
crazy. They would learn how to climb on the shelf because they didn't have a permanent teacher. And they turn it on and then they will start dancing. Like I have never seen children expressing themselves so well because they were boisterous boys. I thought, I'll do the project based on that. And we did the guitar. We made 500 drums based on this, you know, like recycled resources and balloons. Um, and they were then playing, like, it's like it was full on orchestra. They created a band. And oh, oh my God, that was amazing. But based on popular culture, which, you know, Monash University, they promoted that as a uh, literacy, yeah, one type of literacy. And I, I want to share one really interesting story about that. Educators sometimes uh, don't like to sing because they don't like children's songs. Yes. Well, find the song I that you them. like. Yeah, right. <laughs> Why don't you sing, um, I, I, I don't, again, child appropriate in terms of language, a song that is child appropriate, but adult song could be about love, could be about love for country. Uh, one of my favorite songs, and yes, it does have moonshine, let's say country roads. Yeah. But they don't know what moonshine is. They yeah. might ask you, well, I guess it's, um, it's a welcoming family culture as well. So the story, really fun one. I'm, I'm sure everyone will love it. So a long time ago, there was a song that was popular and you probably will recognize it and I'm standing there because uh, this boy he knew that I love singing and we always have music every day in my program so he came to me and he looks at me at and our cook uh, Cassie and he's like you know what we are like what <laughs> he's like I have passion in pants <laughs> and we are like what <laughs> he's like I got passion in my pants I was like what tell us what and we asked him more questions and it turned out that he was just singing a song that his parents are listening to in the car which is everyone knows it's i'm i'm sexy and i and we were like what is he talking about oh my god and you never know how to react to that but he loved the song apparently he started to dance and he didn't understand the song but he obviously used the expression uh which was really funny and a lot of children when they hear these songs adult songs they kind of create their own interpretation but i would be like having a reflective discussion about it with my colleague should we allow them to sing songs that are, I would say, not child appropriate here? Or should we just replace them with more appropriate ones? Well, what do we do? And that's also a point for reflection. Uh, but there are a lot of songs that you can still sing. Like I like Rafi songs, uh, Baby Beluga, uh, and not necessarily child childlike songs. Yeah, they could be from Disney movies, but they might be quite beautiful, right? So well, Let It Go, case in point, very popular song. Yeah, very, the song yeah. uh, that is empowering, uh, but still popular culture, right? So variety i guess yeah you just have to be reflective and approach it in the same way as you approach any experience in early childhood through reflection and collaboration with families as well yeah definitely and you just you know if you're always reflecting from that heart-centered approach of you know creating community um connecting with the families you know respecting the child's interests and um you know that, that's all you can really do, isn't it? Yeah. Everybody is so different. I mean, this is, again, coming back to finding out what works for you in terms of your yes. 
bone, you know, mm. you know you've got a musical bone, find out what that means for you. Yeah. And then you'll be more comfortable to recognize it in other people and to, you know, to value it and to bring it into your center, into your early learning programs or yes. even just allow yourself. It's giving yourself that validation almost and permission to, to be musical because we don't, we just don't want to buy into that myth of, you're musical if you can sing in tune or if you can play an instrument you know got to stop that because children don't don't see themselves no No. yeah they love music yeah and if they Um, see adults that are comfortable expressing themselves then you know chances are they probably won't have the emotional art scars that we have Absolutely. Uh, you know, I have another point here. Quite often people complain about boisterous boys and uh, that's gender-based behavior. So behavior issues are often related to environment. Mm. And the boys whose energy is, <laughs> it's a lot of energy, high energy. And I've been to the community in Clayton where the boys were from uh, Niger- Nigeria uh, and they were from other countries as well. But uh, this bunch of boys, they were very active and they were multi-generational in a way, like siblings, yeah, brothers, sisters, uh, and they all had a lot of energy. And I could see that the yard was a little bit too small for the energy and the experiences were not set up for them to climb, to jump, to have a trampoline. So when I brought my ukulele to visit my student, uh, they were very curious about the instrument in terms of, not just what we can sing, they were not very particularly interested in singing, but how does it work? And if you think about men's uh, intelligence and boys' gender-based intelligence, uh, it is usually about how things work and tinkering, yeah, so, and uh, STEM. So this wasn't really covered in this center. So hence, the only outlet they have is running around and breaking things, mm-hmm. right? So and trying to explore. And their explorative behavior usually is quite negative because it, it is about breaking <laughs> and punching and fighting because the energy doesn't find the outlet. So when I introduced the tuner, I think we discussed it with you last time, how you use tune-up, that is amazing. I showed them that I can tune my guitar using the um, tuner that is helping me. They were mesmerized. They were sitting down. I have a picture of that without their faces just blurred. But they all sit there and then, can I have a go? Can I have a go? And waiting patiently for their turn. And I would sit and just tell them not to pluck too much, just a little bit here. Let me help you. So it was a workshop, basically, that we have. Um, with um, me as a, a community member, I'd say, yeah, who came and introduced an instrument. Now I was thinking, imagine that they had a father or an uncle or um, elder from Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander community or Nigerian priest who would come with the instrument they play. It could be a drum. It could be any instrument they love to play and have this uh, connection with children on a weekly basis. So we'll show them how they make this instrument, how they um, yeah, tune it, how they look after it. And all this energy will be learning, right? So, and that goes back to Dewey and his approach to teaching and learning as discovery. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, and music allows a lot of discoveries, especially if you start to improvise because it's a creative outlet. So, But I think we need to remember also that music is about instruments, how they are made. And based on what I see in my partner, usually they are quite fascinated by how things work. Yeah, and how how amazing technical things they can do with them. Yeah, so I, I think we don't have enough of that. Uh, you know, broken keyboard that they bring is not good enough for children to look into uh, intricate um, model of uh, piano that you can show them that you found on the side of the road. If they could pull it apart with you, of course, or look into it um, through videos or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so many, so many things that you can do to extend the learning, to um, make the learning more meaningful. You know, yeah. music is not just, like you said, music is not just playing music or listening to music. It's engaging yeah. with music. It's learning it. It's learning about where the music comes from, where sound yeah. comes from, you know, and then you're bringing it all into, you know, um, science and technology, all the STEM you know, in terms of oh, how, do yeah. we, how do we make sound, you know? Oh, so many things, you know. We could, I know we could go on and on and on. But yeah, absolutely. This is just a tiny bit of what we can cover here. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I want to thank you so much for joining us today, Kate. You've just shared some really, you know, really insightful um, stories to do with your own experiences as an educator, as a trainer and assessor, as a teacher yourself, and just you know, as a human being, as 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 a curious human being, um, part of this weird and wonderful world that we live in, <laughs> you know. I, I, with you, Christy, it's uh, about being human as well. And I want to say a parting word for early childhood teachers or future educators that why we are doing all this, I think music, art and uh, puppets, and I, I use uh, many, many outlets. I always want to send them one message that this is a very, very important role, but it should be also fun. Yes. And uh, don't forget that it's not just about writing observations. Writing observations is important, no doubt, and compliance is important that, you know, you need to use this mob for that and this mob for that. But uh, we also need to remember that we are there to build relationships and enjoy this moment in time that is passing. So this child, and I've, and you probably have knows already some children that are big, uh, tall boys. Yeah, they are men now. Yes, and when I see them on the street, I'm like, oh my god, I cannot believe it's you. And then, like it's it's a grown up adult. And I remember teaching him, right? So to write his name, and that's unbelievable. But also I remember the songs we used to sing uh, and how he laughed about these songs because we were making them silly. And this really um, brings this connection um, element and, and always uh, pretty much links back to musical experience that we had mm. together. Oh. That's a beautiful way to end our conversation, you know, and, and thank you so much for sharing that message for any early childhood educators, even those who are training, maybe going back into the education field, you know, so, so true, you know, keep it fun, keep that yeah. element, keep connections, you know. Yeah, don't stay serious. Yeah, enjoy your life. Definitely. Embrace the childlike, you know, the yeah. children that you work with, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, thanks so much, Kate. Well, thank we'll, you for having me. <laughs> very welcome. We'll have you back again, and we'll do puppets next time. Okay. Oh, yeah. puppets. <laughs>
Thank you so much for tuning in today. This episode was brought to you by my signature course, Music and Mindset, the most comprehensive online course for early childhood educators and carers. You can check it out at moversandshakersmusic.com.au. Remember the double O in movers, along with lots of other free resources to inspire you and boost your confidence and skills. If you loved this episode, please spread the joy. Share it with a friend, tag me on social media at Movers and Shakers Music. And remember to download it and give it a rating because that really helps us to continue creating content that's relevant and useful for you and for many others. I'm Christy Russell and I'm here to help you understand why music and mindset matters. See you again soon.